Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation Christian Center, a place to find God's love. Pastors Osage and Bridget Erebor teach the word with simplicity and truth. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. On top of everything, Father, we thank you for your word. As we study, we thank you for revelation knowledge in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we have had two, two great messages today, so I'm not going to uh, over-preach. They've already preached most of what I was going to say, so I will just uh, give you the remaining part. Amen. Uh, Pastor Bridget preached a nice message. Can you put your hands together for the Lord? And uh, Brother Kennedy came and topped it up with another nice message. Amen. With a testimony. Amen. Amen. You know, that was not just a testimony. He spent some time to marinate how he did it. He had to take the word of God, confess it, receive it, and step out in boldness. And got the result. Amen. And I think one of the things the Holy Ghost is, is telling us with that testimony, don't be afraid of any virus. Amen. Turn to somebody. Say, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. of any sickness, of any sickness. Or, any disease. or any disease. Amen. Amen. And we said often here, that does not mean you should be careless or reckless, but don't be afraid of it. Fear is one of the ways in which the devil oppresses people. Yeah. Amen. And that's why I keep saying there are some channels you should not watch. There are some kind of movies you should not watch because it propagates fear. And if you have fear, uh, you become susceptible to all kinds of things, not only disease, other kinds of things. Accidents are propagated by fear. If you are afraid, you become a magnet. Just like fate, you become a magnet for good things. Fear, Fear puts you in a place where things that are negative can easily come to you. So you want to deal with fear and walk by faith. Somebody say amen. Amen. Let's go to our major test um, scripture, Micah chapter number four. I'm going to start reading from verse one. We spent some time on this on the New Year Eve. If you were not here, you can watch it online. It's absolutely free there as well. Uh, We prefer not to charge you so you can give freely by faith. Amen. Say amen. amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Malachi chapter number four, it says, But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house, or the mountain of the house of the Lord, shall be established in the top of the mountain and shall be exalted above the hills, and the people shall flow into it. Who remember, what's the mountain of the Lord's house? The church of God. The Bible says, in the mount of the Lord it shall be found. He's talking about uh, the Mount Zion, the church. So in the Old Testament, when you see the mountain of God's house, it's actually talking about the church, the new creation church. Verse 2, and many nations shall come and say, come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his path for the law shall go forth of Zion and the word, the word out, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter number 10. We read this last Sunday, which is the last Sunday of the year. I was talking about the most holy place, the most holy place. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 10. For time, let's start from verse 19. It's good to go out and study the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is a, as a book that will really ground your faith. Now, people are not so sure who wrote it. Many believe it's Apostle Paul. But it's, it's a book that, that talks about the blood, talks about what happened behind the scene, and then gives us the hall of fame in chapter number, hall of faith in chapter number 11. And all of those things are, were building from chapter 1 to chapter 11 to tell us how they were able to achieve the results that they got. So last week I began to talk about the most holy place, and today I'm talking about draw near, draw near, draw near, draw near, draw near. Because even though God has done things for us, he has set us in a place, he has put us in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, he still leaves it to us by faith to receive what he has already done. 
And I think that's one of the places where sometimes people get confused. Uh, like uh, E.W.K.M. would say, sometimes the tenses weep us. The tenses means that we are not sure which tense to use. Are we seated or are we going to sit? Are we healed or are we going to be healed? Are we blessed or are we going to be blessed? Is it okay to say God bless you or do you say you are already blessed? Now, I know some of that has been a, 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 a means of challenge even among faith believers. And sometimes people oscillate. I heard the pastor saying one time that one Sunday he will preach, enter his rest. Don't struggle. Don't fight. God has finished it. Then the next Sunday he will preach, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to you know, wrestle against the enemy. And then the next Sunday again he will preach, God has finished it. The devil is defeated. Then he will say, you know, be vigilant. The, the Sunday after that, because your adversary is like a roaring lion. So you have to sit down one day and say, which one is it? Are we resting or are we fighting? And sometimes people get confused. But one of the things I just want to begin to establish into this message is that I mentioned a little bit of it during the New Year Eve, that there are two realities. And we have to have that in our consciousness, that there is the spiritual reality and that there is the physical or material reality. There are two kinds of realities. So one of the things that we see is that the Bible says that God is a spirit. And so God operates in the spirit realm. The spirit realm is the realm that is not seen. That is where everything comes from. However, everything is not just spirit. There are natural things. There are physical things. And when God created man, he created man as spirit beings, but he gave us our body to live, to dwell, and to dominate on the earth. Hallelujah. In short, one of the responsibilities, and I think I'm going to just cut it so that you can get the main, the main meat, is that God wants us to bring into physical manifestation the things that are done in the spirit. In short, the essence of faith is to bring into establishment here on earth the things that are done in the realm of the spirit. And so sometimes it can be tough, it can be confusing because you say, well, are we healed or are we going to be healed? Some of us say, pray for me so that I will be healed. And most of the time, the minister could say, be healed in Jesus' name. And the person receives their healing. And that's why sometimes when some people don't get healed, they say, I don't know why God did not heal me. I prayed, I fasted. Oh, if it was God's will for me to be healed, I would have been healed. But if you read the scriptures, we see that the Bible says he himself already bore all our sins, all our sickness on his body. So why is it that if we were already healed, we are not already healed? Or are we already healed? Asamina, you are looking. <laughs> so some people are caught in between. I'm healed, and I'm waiting for healing. Okay, before we look at Hebrews 10, let's look at um, Mark 11. Let's just go to the Master, Jesus the Christ. You know you can't get smarter than Jesus, right? This is where the Word begins. He is the Word. It's not like Paul that said, we, we know in part and prophesy in part. He says, I am the truth. Mark 11, uh, this is a popular scripture of faith. Let's start from verse 21. Hallelujah. And Peter called to remember and saying unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Have faith in God. Turn to somebody. Say, Have faith, have faith in, God. in God. Say it again. Have faith, have faith in, God. in God. Some translations actually say, Have the faith of God. He said, For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt 
in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Continue. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire. We talked about desire a little bit on the New Year Eve. He said, when ye pray, believe ye receive them and ye shall have them. Put 24 up in the New Living uh, NIV, New International Version, NIV. Is that NIV? He said, therefore I tell you, whatsoever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received them and it will be yours. So, there are two tenses here. Praise God. Am I preaching to your love foundation? When I say praise God, I need an expense. I'm telling you to do something. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. So the Bible says that when you pray, it said, believe you have, which means it's present past tense or past tense. Believe you receive it. King James says, believe you receive it, which means that you at that time that you pray, that is when you receive it. He said, then you shall have it. So it has a present tense and it has a future tense. All right. I just want to establish that. Let's go to Hebrews, where we went to go to. Chapter number 10. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. You know, many times we actually think we understand faith, but we have to keep studying on it. Because the Bible said the just shall live by what? By faith. The Bible said the gospel is from faith to faith. So you grow in faith. Faith is like learning a new language. And you know many times when you are grown up and you try to learn a new language, it's more difficult. Why? Because your, your brain has already been set in a particular language. If you grew up speaking English and you try to learn French, when you are by yourself, you think in French. Oh, sorry, you think in English and then you can confuse your French. But if you really want to learn the language, you're going to have to start thinking in French. Praise God. And that takes some deliberate effort and some renewing of the mind. You have to keep changing the mind. I have, you know, we go to Netherlands and some other European countries, and we have people who are not, you know, English speaking by birth, or some who have grown up in this land. And many times when they are speaking English to us, they just put some Dutch in it. We're like, what did he say? Oh, he said, I forgot. I thought I, I didn't realize I was speaking Dutch. Why? Because they think in the Dutch language, so it keeps coming out. The only way to stop that is to renew your mind. And it is possible to renew your mind in such a way that you actually forget the old language. I have experience. Or I've seen seen examples. Pastor Bridges' uh, siblings were actually born and raised a few years of their life in Germany. And they, they came back speaking the German language. They schooled in Germany. This is Pastor Bridges. Some of you know her. But today, I, I don't know how many single words in the German language she remembers. She came back speaking German. But what happened? She got into the English-speaking place and was hearing English all the time, communicating with English, and gradually, the German language disappeared completely. Completely. And that is the kind of renewal that God is saying we have to do with the word of God. We have to change the way we think completely and begin to operate in a new kingdom language called faith. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, Hebrews chapter number 10. The Bible says, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Just stop, stop there first. The Bible says that we have, we have boldness to enter where? Come on, church. Speak to, you want me to come down? Come down. I said we have boldness to enter where? What's the holiest? The most holy. What is holier than the holiest? So when the Bible is saying that we have boldness to enter into the holiest, it means that God has prepared the highest place for us. The most holy place. And sometimes we don't appreciate that until we look at the Old Testament like we studied before. That only one high priest, not the priest, not the Levites, not the, not the ordinary people, only one, the high priest, had access into the most holy place only once a year. 
But the Bible says that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that the curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place was torn from top to bottom, releasing the opportunity, opening the door, that we all have access into the most holy place. You say, but we've never gone there. You know, that was just a symbol. The Bible said the, the holy place that we had, they, had, they had, the holiest of holies they had in the temple was just a type of the real thing. Jesus, not, Jesus did not take his blood into the physical temple where the holy place was. The Bible says when he died, he took his blood into heaven itself where the real holies of holies is. So when he says that the door has been opened for us, he was not talking about the holies of holies in Jerusalem in one brick temple where the, where the, the, the walls were made of gold. He was talking about taking us into the heavenly place to be seated in Christ Jesus far above all principalities, all powers, title, and dominion. So just like the way you have a physical temple with a physical curtain, with a physical holies of holies, there is a spiritual temple with a spiritual curtain and a spiritual holies of holies. And you don't just have you know, golden angels there. You have real angels. You don't just have a small messy seat. You have the messy seat of God. And so people are focused on the natural temple. But what Jesus was really focused on was the real temple, which is the spiritual temple. And that's where he has come to take us into so that we can be seated in the holiest of all. I need a bigger shout than that. The Bible says in the physical temple, the natural one, when they, when they wanted to go in, they went in with the blood of, of, of bulls and goats. But the Bible said he couldn't clean them. Instead, every time they did the sacrifice, it reminded them that they were sinners. Because the blood of bulls and goats couldn't clean them. And so they were at risk every time they went in. That's why only one would go. But the Bible says this time Jesus took his precious blood. Do you know the, the meaning of the word precious Miss expensive. In short, nothing can value that, that, that can be as valuable as the blood of Jesus. There's nothing like it because it was the blood of God and man mixed together. And the Bible says he took it not to the physical temple, but to the very presence of God. If he had taken it to the physical temple, and that's the holies of holies he op opened for us, all of us would have been having pilgrimages to, to Jerusalem every year to go and enter the holies of holies, just to say, I can enter now and just walk there and say, where's the holies of holies? Thank God I'm here. But that's not why he came. So there is a spiritual temple and there is a physical temple. And the same thing with the things of faith. There is a spiritual sitting and there is a physical sitting. And many times people are so focused on the natural that they miss the spiritual. If you get the spiritual right, the natural will follow suit. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory be to God. Go back to the scripture. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 19. Hallelujah. It said, having therefore brethren, boldness. Somebody say boldness. 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 So how do you enter the most holy place? How do you enter the most holy place? Holy. You know, for time, I, I just need to add some more. You see, when the Bible says the, the most holy place, it's not just talking about one white carpeted place with just white things. The Bible says in the presence of the Lord, there's what? He said fullness of joy and at his right hand, he said what? He said there are pleasures forevermore. So if you are in the heavenly places, if you are seated in the holies of holies, everything that you need for life and godliness is provided in that place. There is joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can't be in the holies of holies and be sad. In short, the Bible says you enter into his court. Before you even get to the holies of holies, at the court, you have to start laughing. Why do you think they call it hallelujah? So at the end, you, are, you ha, 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 ya, ha. It's, there's laughter at the end. Somebody say hallelujah, ha, ha. So you enter rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing because you know that everything you need. If you are coming and you had bills and you're entering the holies of holies, you think your bills are going to go there with you? No way. Because in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. Everything you need for life and godliness. In short, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter number 1, in verse 3, put it up. He said he has blessed us 
with all the blessings in heaven or in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it's not just talking about just a seat. It's talking about the blessings of heaven. Hallelujah. You know, when we say we are seated in the heavenly realms, when we say we are, we are, we are above, we are seated with Christ, he's talking about you are operating in heaven's standard. The kind of blessing people enjoy in heaven. That is what you ought to be enjoying here on earth. That is what it means to be seated in the holies of holies. Now, we're going to have to keep working on this. Because sometimes I feel like I'm speaking French to English-speaking people. But thank God for revelation. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. You know, one of the signs of revelation is joy. You, you, somebody can give you $3,000 or $10,000. Like, huh? Just saying. <laughs> and you haven't received that kind of money in two years. Yeah. If somebody gives you free $50,000, what will you do? <laughs> hey! You should, the, the person won't even say, before you finish saying it, your mind will just ask man like, $50,000, 50, $50,000, $50,000. I brought a toy for my son that he left you know, he didn't know he had, it was yesterday from the work. Before I finish, gave you the, hey, hey, oh no, hallelujah, my toy, this is nice. I didn't have to tell him, praise, rejoice. As soon as he saw the toy, praise was released. Because he could see it. One of the problems is that people are hearing it, but they can't see it. They, don't, they, they think I believe because I'm hearing it. If they really believe, there will be excitement. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. And we are, we are dealing with the crux of the matter because like, there are two realms, two realities. There is the spiritual reality and the physical reality. One of the problems that happened after man sinned is that the Bible says he fell from the glory of God. So he could no longer see spiritual realities. So he could only see physical realities. So if somebody says, I bless you with one million dollars. It's like, where's the million dollars? As long as he can't see the million dollars, he doesn't believe he has been given the million dollars because his sight is limited to the physical things. But the Bible said the things which are seen, they are made from the things which are not seen. The one who is really smart would rejoice when he has not seen it, where he can see it in the spirit realm and it has not even manifested in the physical because the spirit realm is more real than the physical. But because people are blinded, you know what we keep saying blindfold? It's not just these balls called eyes. You know these balls called eyes, it's not what you really see. It's just where light enters. You say, how do you know? Yeah, somebody can be looking at you and not seeing you. I had to tell somebody just like, hey, come back to church. He was just like, you can tell he's not seeing. There are people like that. They're sitting, they just they're not looking, they're not they're looking at you, they can't see you. They are seeing something different. Because this eyes is not what you see with. You see with your mind, with your mind. And until you focus on it, you can't see it. And that's the same thing. People can't see the things of the spirit. Because the Bible said they are foolishness to them. You're telling them they can't see it. You're here, I can't see it. You're rich, but they can't see it. And because they can't see it, they don't rejoice. And that's one of the reasons why I'm here today. Somebody say hallelujah. To help us see clearer into the realm of the spirit. And not only to see it, but to begin to bring those spiritual realities into the physical realm. You go there and take your healing. Somebody say hallelujah. And you wear it on. And walk through the world and nothing happens to you. Somebody say hallelujah. You go there and take your prosperity. How many of you think that, that, that there, there, there is a lot of resources, finances for you in the realms of the spirit? Yes, yes. The Bible says that, that all things belong to you. The Bible says you are a joint heir with Christ. Now, these are scriptures that are mind-boggling. But people don't experience it. Because, first of all, they don't see it. To them, the reality is the physical. And until it can be transferred to the physical, they do not see it as real. And that is the dilemma of faith. 
Because faith allows you to go into the realm of the unseen and bring it into the realm of the seen. And that's what the Bible says that God is expecting. Go back to the scripture. Go back to the scripture, Hebrews chapter number 10. The Bible says, now that we have boldness to enter into the most holy place, Praise God. Having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood. The blood was the one that opened the door for us. Look at the next verse. He said, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. There are three things he mentions here. We, can, we, we mentioned a little bit last week. I won't go back into them. The high priest, the veil which is his flesh. And the blood. Now it's so interesting. That means that Jesus came as the high priest, tore his body, which is the veil, and poured his blood, which is the prize. And these all have significance. They have important significance. And that's why you need to study the word of God. Because when you can't do it, a high priest is supposed to stand on your behalf because you cannot do it. And then offer sacrifices on your behalf. And that's what Jesus did. But the only sacrifice that was suitable was his blood. And the Bible said that the cutting was his flesh. I've never seen that as clearly as I saw it again recently. The Bible said that Jesus condemned sin in his flesh. So when his flesh was crucified, he was dealing with our own flesh that, that prevented us from entering into the holies of holies. So we don't only go with the blood, we, we go by the flesh being destroyed, the body of sin. The Bible says in Romans 6, has been destroyed so that we no longer need to serve sin. But the Bible says now because of that blood, we have access to the holies of holies. Hallelujah. Tell someone you have access to the holies of holies. Hallelujah. Tell the person you, are, you, can, you can go to the top. The holies of holies. Say it again, the holies of holies. You know, in every house, there are different categories. There is the, there is the family room. Then there is the, there is the white carpet room. What do they call it? Velvet room. There is the family room. And then there is the bedroom. It's not everybody that goes into your family room, right? I said, right? right. Some people say, I don't know. We don't have family room. You need to begin to see one now. The velvet room is for, for, for visitors, people who you don't know very well, people you don't want to, you know, get into your business. So they sit there, it's always looking nice, you know, mine is white, white carpet, white chairs, and not everybody plays there because you want to give them the best look. Amen. Amen. And so they sit there, no television, so they don't stay long. <laughs> so they can easily finish and go. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth now. <laughs> because if you put on TV, they've got to stay like one hour watching one movie. So... There's no television in the, in, the, in the velvet room. That's for quick visitors. The, when they are sitting there, you sit at the edge because you're letting them get to go. But people who, people who have become familiar with you, you take them into the holy place, which is the family room. The velvet room is the outer court. Amen. So your, your children, your cousins, your aunties, your uncles, your friends, you know, who know you, they go into the, the family room. And you can sit watch television two hours, three hours. But there is a holy of holies in the house. Yes. Somebody say hallelujah. And that is called the bedroom. Yes. Nobody visits there without the blood. <laughs> no, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just joking about that. <laughs> Even the children, they have to knock. That is not available to everybody. Amen. Amen. And if yours is available to everybody, repent. Repent. Yeah, repent. You ought to have the holies of holies in your house. So, so what I'm saying is the same thing what God is saying, that there is a place with him that is not available to everybody. But Jesus has come and opened the door so that we can enter into the very chamber that God resides and we can receive everything that he has. The Bible didn't say we should sit alongside with him. He said we sit with him on the same throne. We sit with him in the heavenly places. Now, now he said, verse 22, he said, therefore, let us draw near. Now, he said the door has been opened for us. But there is a responsibility now. Because the door could be open and you could still be outside. 
He said, let us draw near, he said, with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let's go back again, read it again, verse 22. He said, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. So he's telling us the way you enter into this holies of holies is by faith. Let's go to Hebrews chapter number 4. I'm going to hurry a bit, a little bit, so I can get somewhere nice and... We're going to break bread today. Hallelujah! You say it's fasting, yeah. We are breaking bread and entering into his rest. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. I say hallelujah. Glory, you guys look like I need to keep preaching. Hallelujah. Glory, Let me tell you, I'm going to keep preaching and you get excited. Hallelujah. Glory, I, don't tell you, I don't say you should fake it. The Bible says draw near with a true heart. You know what a true heart means? You are sincere about it. Many people fake faith. The Bible talks about Feigned faith. Talking about Timothy. He said not with fake faith. So people's faith are fake. They know the Christianese language. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm well. I'm going to the top. I can do all things. But in their heart, they don't believe a liquor of it. And they wonder why it doesn't work. The Bible says you should draw there with true hearts. Your heart fully Persuaded with the assurance, you need to and you need to take some time to renew your mind to make sure you believe. People think, oh, because I say it, that means I believe it. But it's not true. Hebrews chapter number four. The Bible says, Let us therefore fear, verse one, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not, did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that had it. For we which have believed do enter into his rest, as he said, I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, he spake in a certain place of the seventh day, on this wise, and God did rest on the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remained that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Why did they not enter? I say, why did they not enter? The Bible says that God had already finished it before the foundation of the world. So the things we are talking about, the healing, the prosperity, the sitting on the top, the going to the top, God has already finished it. In the spirit realm, you are seated in the heavenly realms. Turn to someone and say, I'm seated in the heavenly realms. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm seated in the heavenly realms. Do you believe it? Act like someone that's seated. Say, I am seated in the heavenly realm. Tell the person, I am already on top. Say, I was born on top. I was born again on top. You know, put your finger there. Let me show you one or two verses so that you, you will see what I'm talking about. Look, look, at, look at John chapter number 3. John chapter number 3. Hurry, 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 hurry. John 3. Let's start from verse 3. You know, the Bible says, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the translation says, except a man be born from above. So you were born from above. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Verse 7 says, Marvin not I say unto you, must be born again. The wind bloweth. And it listeth, and thou hearest the sound, therefore, but cannot tell where it cometh and where it is going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. For time. The Bible says, he that is born from above is above all. Hallelujah. I say Hallelujah. So when you were born again, you were born from above. And because you are born from above, 
You are seated in the heavenly realms above all. So the day you were born again, you were born into the highest place. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Look at it, verse 31. The same St. John. I know some people think only verse 16 is in St. John 3. There are many other verses there. The Bible says, He that cometh from above is above all. Where do you come from? I said, where do you come from? You know, Pastor B just released a book saying, uh, no, where are you really from? You need to get that book. Amen. It's, a, it's an amazing, it's a small book, but it's an amazing write. And I think people need to renew their minds as to their origin. The Bible says, if you come from above, you are above all. So how can you be under if you came from above? So once you are born again, you have been lifted up to sit in the heavenly realms above all things. You don't, you don't need to try to be above everything, anything, but you are born that way. However, that is in the spirit realm. The Bible says God is a spirit. So many people look, they look at this creature, say, I'm above all. But they are still, you know, on the ground, struggling and, and fighting and, and worried and, and anxious. And like, why is it? I hear the scriptures. You know, they're always preaching. I can do all things. All things are working together for good. But look at me. Nothing is working for my good. Why? Why? And that's exactly what we're talking about. There is a bridge between the spirit realm and the physical realm, and that bridge is the soul realm. It's what connects them. And if you can reach out with your will, your choice, by faith, and lay hold on the things in the spirit, you can bring it out into the realm of the natural. And that's what faith is about. Faith is not just to talk about it. It's not really just to say it, to just say it. Now, that's part of how it works. But the essence of faith is to make a spiritual reality become an experience in your life. And it is not up to God to do that. Let's go back again to Hebrews. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number four. Wherever we can stop, we can stop. Some people are going to enter into the rest. Somebody say, Hallelujah! Some people are going to reach out today and just get their millions. It's there. The Bible says he has finished it. He has put it there for you. There is an inheritance there. If you are struggling, you don't have it. You just have to know how to get it from your heavenly account. And it's done by faith. You have to draw near. You have to come into. Even though the Bible says you are there in the spirit, in your mind, in your, in, your, in your facilities on the earth, you have to begin to exercise your faith to receive what God says is already yours. Or else it will be yours and you don't receive it. It will be yours. Do you know that when God told the children of Israel, he said, he said I've given you the promised land. He never took it back from them. It was theirs. They just didn't enter. They died as grasshoppers. The land was theirs. They didn't enter. The Bible said God said to Abraham, we'll look at it if we have the time, Romans 4. He said, I have made you the father of many nations. He didn't say, I am going to make you. Now, Abraham was 100 years old and his, his, his wife was old. They didn't have any children. They've been trying, 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 trying. They even did in vitro. It didn't work. And, and he said, I've come and I've made you the father. You say, why? They did surrogate child, right? So they were doing a, a, a modern science type of thing in those days too. They had, they had a surrogate mother. God said, that's not what I was talking about. You're going to have to receive this by faith. And Abraham, he had no child. But the Bible said, God said, I have made you. So he began to call himself Abraham, father of many nations, when as yet he had no child. So what was it? Was, did he already have children or was he going to have children? Both. He had children already in the spirit because God has given him 
children when God said, I have made you. But it was time for him to bring it to the physical. And so he was going to have children physically when he already had children in the spirit. And so sometimes you can use both terms just depending on what you are talking about. But the truth is that the spiritual is more powerful, more real. And your mind should always be more on the spiritual than it is on the physical. Because the Bible says the things that are physical are subject to change. They are not real. They can change today. Somebody says, I love you today, and tomorrow it stones you with a bottle. So you cannot follow the natural realm as reality. Those things, are, they are so shifting. So if you really want to be stable, you take your eyes from the things which are seen, and you put it on the things which are not seen. Because the things which are seen are subject to change. And you can't base your faith on that. You will fail. But if you put your faith on the things which are not seen, you are guaranteed to get it. Because those ones don't change. So even when you don't feel well, even when your feeling says you're feeling, I'm telling you you're feeling, you're feeling that you don't feel well, God says by his strength you will heal. And so you have to take your eyes off your flesh and put it in the realm of the spirit. And soon enough, your body will begin to rejoice with your spirit man and the spirit of God inside of you will take hold of your mortal body. And the Bible says he will change it to become like the realm of the spirit. But what has happened that many times people, they hear God says, I bless you. They don't see. They say, I don't see. I say, God bless me. Oh God, when will you bless me? He say, I've already blessed you. I have made you. And they keep praying, God, where will you? No, that's not, what you, that's not the way you do it. You take the word of God and begin to declare it for yourself. There are times you may need to speak to the circumstances to change. And say, circumstance, I command you now to change. To become what the word of God says. You can call in the harvest. You can call it in. You can bring it in. But you have to be anchored on the fact that it is already done in the realm of the spirit. The challenge is to bring it down. To bring into manifestation. Now, how do you do that? By faith. By faith. Let's go back to Hebrews 4. We have to begin to round up for time. The Bible says, Let us therefore fear, this a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Wow. The Bible says there is a promise of entering into the rest of God. He said, but some people come short of it. Some people get short of their, their blessings, their miracles, their healing. The Bible says you should, you should be concerned about this too. He said, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. He said, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. So why did they not receive it? Why? Talk to me. Why did they not receive it? I want to hear it. Why did they not receive it? They didn't mix it with faith. So how do we receive it? By mixing it with Talk to me, church. How do we receive it? By mixing it You can just shorten it and say by faith. The mixture is, is just how it works. The, the real thing is the faith. I say, how do we receive it? By faith. I want to hear it louder. How do we receive it? By faith. How are you, you going to receive your millions? By faith. How are you going to receive your healing? By faith. How are you going to, how are you going to receive your family? By faith. I'm talking about children. By faith. And husband. By faith. And wife. I mean, one wife, not plenty wife. One wife by faith. How are you going to get to the top? By faith. How are you going to reign in life? How are you going to stand safe in the midst of a pandemic? How are you going to stay joyful when everything looks like they're sad? The Bible says that faith is the beginning and the end of the gospel. It's from faith to faith. So we have to continue to build, exercise, release, use our faith because that's the only way we enter. The Bible says that if you don't use your faith, you will fall short of the promise, even though it has been finished. When God told the children of Israel, I've given you this land, he already gave it to them. It's like signing the contract and transferring the land. We just bought a land, you know, for the church. When we went there, the guy didn't get some heavy land movers and say, where do you want me to put this land? Let me transfer it to you. What did he do? We sat down in an air-conditioned office, brought out some pens, signed some papers with some inscriptions on it, and we shook hands, and he says, the land is now yours. Amen. He said, well, the land is still where it was. Amen. But how do we know we're not on the land? 
the, the, the faith. <laughs> we believe what the paper says. That before the paper was signed, it belonged to another person. Now that the paper has been signed, it has been transferred to our hand. And we have a paper that tells us that we have all that we need for life and godliness. And it was signed by the blood of Jesus. It belongs to you. And it's time for you to take it by faith. Just imagine now I want to go to the land. And I call them first and say, you know, that land that we bought from you. I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to go in there. Please, can you give me permission to go there? What do you think he's going to say? He's short, he's going to fall down laughing. The phone will fall on the ground. and like, where did these people come from? And we are laughing. But that's the same way angels laugh at us sometimes. God says you are the head. All things are yours. All things are possible. <laughs> it's too hard. It's too hard. Oh God. Just just give me, just give me, just give me only the chicken leg. I will be fine for Christmas. <laughs> Bible says, For unto us the gospel was preached as also unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not mixed with faith. For with them in them that heard it. Continue very quickly. For, for we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The Bible says, for he spake of a certain place in the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest on the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remained that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not because of unbelief. Unbelief, unbelief is why they didn't enter. Again, he limited a certain day, saying to David, in the, saying in David, today after so long a time, as it is said, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Continue. For if Joshua had given them rest, they would not have afterward have spoken of another day. There remained therefore a rest to the people of God. And for he that entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own work as God did from his. Let us therefore what? Labor therefore to enter into that rest. Somebody say hallelujah. So which one is it? Are we laboring or are we resting? Are we resting or are we laboring? How can you say labor to enter the rest? I thought you were resting. That means you should not labor. But he says there is a labor. And this labor is the labor of faith to enter into the rest. So if you do not labor in faith, you will not enter into rest. And what's one of the problems? People are lazy with their faith. Many will work hard naturally, but their faith is put out. It's, it's, it's on work. Have you, do you know where the, the word holidays came from? The word holidays. People just happy. Oh, it's Christmas holidays. We just finished. Oh, nice holidays. Holidays is a nice time. Oh, good food. You know, my house was packed with so much food that we didn't know what to do with it. Praise God. You know, people are eating and, and gifts. So many gifts. I've been receiving gifts and gifts. And nice time, right? Yeah. One of my children said, I wish we had Christmas every day. I said, yeah, we could. Praise God. The idea of holidays is actually comes from the word holy day. That means that the day that is holy is the day that you rest. When you rest by faith. And that rest is that you believe what God has done and you enter into the rest. Gifts will come to you. You will be in real, a real holiday. It's not just because you stop working at work. It's the time where you enter in by faith. You are not doing it by your own strength. You are trusting in the one who did the work. Look at what God said. The Bible says that in six days, God created all things. Five days on the sixth day, he created man. Then on the seventh day, he rested. That means that after he created man, what did he do the next period? Rest. Because before man was created... Everything that man needed was already created. He created man to come and enter into the rest, into the joy, into the fullness of what he had created. He finished the work and then created man and he said, enter into my rest and bless that day. But so many are struggling in the natural because they are not exercising their labor 
in the spiritual. And that's the message today. You have to draw near by faith. You have to begin to press on to what God says is yours. You can't leave it there. You can't say, look, I know God says that it doesn't work. I mean, we have been declaring it. You have to find out why is it that I'm not enjoying all of the benefits. The Bible says the people who heard the message before did not receive it either because they did not receive it by faith. He said there must, there's a, there's a remnant that will enter because God hasn't changed his mind. And out of three million people, some of us are told that only two entered into that first initial promise. But in these last days, I believe many are going to enter this rest. Yes. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I say hallelujah. hallelujah. Turn to somebody say, I see you at the top. I say, I see you seated in the heavenly realms. Say it again. Say, I see you seated in the heavenly realms. In Christ Jesus, far above all principalities, all titles, and dominion, both in this world and that which is to come. Let's look at Philippians uh, 2 and 3 and we'll round up. Still, we can always continue. It's communion today, so we have to round up. So we have to press in. We have to press in by faith. Faith is not a physical effort, but there is some physical work involved. One of the first things that is required by faith is to hear the word of God. The Bible says, pay attention. Some people don't pay attention. They rather pay the bill. The Bible says, pay attention. The word pay means something. It means it may cost you to listen. He said, incline your ear to my word. That means that you, you need to to listen. It's just like setting the satellite, you know. Today they have dish, dishes and you know, most people use cable now. They don't know any of that. But sometimes when you're when you faced in the wrong side, you're not going to get the right channel. He said, he said tune yourself to the word of God. And many times the distractions are inside. You're going to have to pull out those things that are standing in the way from hearing. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. These are fundamentals of how you are going to get to the top and enjoy that which God has already done. You're going to have to start by hearing it and hearing it and renewing your mind, changing the way you think. Hear it over and over and over again until you start Thinking according to the word of God. Your thought life has to change. If you can't change your thinking by the word of God, you can't receive what the word of God says. Because you receive it by faith. And so when the Bible says we draw near by, go back again to Hebrews 10, 19. It says we draw near by a full assurance of faith. It means also that, that you are not double-minded. You are not thinking, I can't, sometimes I don't know God, I'm blessed, or I don't know, I'm not blessed. He said if, if, you, if you are double-minded, he said don't think that man will receive anything from the Lord. Now we know why some people don't receive anything. Because the Bible tells us why. Why? I said Why? Because they're double-minded. And how do you get double-minded? Because you hear from here and you hear from there. You hear from the spirit. You hear from the flesh. You hear what people are saying and you listen to CNN. And you hear that. You just hear every kinds of stuff and then you get confused. So you're going to have to trim those things that come against your faith. And it takes some work. That's the work of faith. You're going to have to carry yourself out of the house. Go to church when you have to be in church. Amen. If you continue that scripture, it says, and not neglecting the assembly of yourself like the manner of Saul. Don't sit at home and think you are going to build your faith. You will stay there and it, 20 years will pass. And what God says is yours is still not yours. You're going to have to train your mind. Begin to change the way you think. Pull down thoughts. Pull down strongholds. Take the word of God. You think people think the problem is the external. It's not. Change the way you think. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 4, he said Abraham did not consider his body 
which was good as dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He had two bodies to consider, and yet he refused to make that his point of reference. They say, they say how do you feel, Abraham? Say, I feel strong, like the father of many nations. Say, how old did you say you are again? I'm saying I'm just a hundred. I'm a spring chicken. Praise God. You say, well, have you not been praying for this for 26 years? If God wanted to give you, would he not give you 26 years ago? He said, God says it's mine. I already have it. You just watch. It's going to be, you are going to see it very soon. So he could not operate by the way he felt. He could not operate by the way people spoke about him. He could not operate by the natural realm, the natural reality. He had to put his mind on the spirit realm. And one of the things the word of God comes to do is to teach us spiritual realities. Most of the things we think are real are not real. They are just shadows. They are just shadows. They are deceptions. Praise God. The things that are real are the word of God. The things that are real are what God says. You may be walking on the street in Lanham, but the Bible says you are seated in the heavenly realms. You may be finding it difficult to combat an ailment or a disease or a demon. But the Bible says, I've given you power over all devils to cast them out. You don't say, oh, I, I, I do I have power. You, you have, it has already been done. Now, if you are looking at how you are feeling and how you are casting and how he's responding, you begin to doubt and say, ah, yeah, I thought you said I have it. Why am I not having it? If you start operating in that level, you will miss the spiritual reality. And that's why you have to make sure that you are focused on the reality of the spirit. And it is work to renew your mind. And that's why many people don't do it. They just go with the flow of the flesh. I don't feel, I don't feel, I feel like, I feel like. People said, they said, CDC said, government said, brother said, uncle said. Everything is just what people are saying. But what does the word of God say? Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. And you are going to have to stand on the word of God. And say, I, I know this doesn't sound real to many. Bible said that the things of the spirit are foolishness. To the natural man. Let me tell you the truth. Until natural people start thinking you are foolish, you are not walking by faith well enough yet. They can't say, what, what's wrong with you? They can't understand it because they can't see it. But you can see. Somebody say, hallelujah. You can see what the word of God says. That's real. And that's why I know you are seated on the top. Because I can see you. Yes. I can see what the word of God says. He said, you have been raised up and made to sit where? In the heavenly places. He said, far above all principalities, all powers, all titles. That title also includes CEO. It includes governor. Everything that is on earth, God has lifted you up and made you to sit in the heavenly place. When you see it and your eyes are open to see it, you first dance around and scream and say, Hallelujah! I have that job. I have that job. I have that position. I have that money. My car is mine. You begin to celebrate because you know that you have received all things in Christ Jesus. And even though it may not all happen materially immediately, you, you, should, you actually start enjoying it before you see it. Because your reality is in the spirit realm. You are living by the spirit. Bible says you have to walk in the spirit. The spirit has to become your reality. And you have to, and when you are doing that, you, you are different from anybody. The Bible says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither the entire heart of man, those things which God has prepared for those that love them. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit reveals all things to us, even the deep things of God. So you begin to see with the word of God. You want to know how healthy you are? You go for a checkup. Somebody say hallelujah. You don't hit, don't hit the doctor's office. You hit the scriptures. Philippians, you go to Philippians, you go to, you go to Isaiah 53. He was wounded for your transgression. That's how I do my checkups. I do my checkup every year, more than, every, more than once a year. Check myself off in the scriptures. I go to Jehovah Rofeka. When they ask me in, in forms, who is your primary doctor? I write Jehovah Rufika. Someone said, Where, where's his office? <laughs> that's what I write in official documents. Because that's my, that's my primary physician. 
to so many it's not real. It's not real. You're out of your mind. You are just operating in a bubble. That's the bubble that's keeping us well and strong and rich and operating in the heavenly realm far above all principalities and powers. That bubble is called faith. I'm living in a faith bubble where nothing happens. Don't, don't get me wrong. Challenges come because the, the enemy tries to dis, disregard the word of God. That's why the Bible says you are seated in a place of authority so that you can enforce the dominion that is written. I'm going to have to close here. There's so much more. We'll continue with time. Bible says in, 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 in uh, Hebrews 10, it says, it says, cast not away the confidence you have, which has great recompense of reward. It says, he that has promised will come and will not delay. He says, but the just shall live by faith. He says, if he draws back, he said, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. He said, we are not of those that draw back into position, but those that believe to the saving of the soul. The enemy is going to put pressure on you to draw back your faith, to say, I don't know if it's working, I don't know I'm tired. But if you will believe, that which has been will be that which will be. So it's in, it has been in the past, it will become present and future. So you will be operating in all three tenses. But you have to do it by faith. You have to build your faith. And one of the keys, come, just come. I'm going to keep preaching on you. Because there's so much to say. One of the things God is bringing to us, say renew your mind. What, what does that mean? We're going to have to take the word of God and change the way we think. You have to begin to see yourself on top. I'm not just talking about on top of one hill, physical hill. Begin to see yourself on top in this life. You are higher than any being that is on earth. You are equal with Christ. There's nothing too, that's too good for you. How can you be the son of God and the, you think a house is too big for you? The Bible says that we are going into mansions. He said, in my father's house, there are many house, mansions. In a house, there are mansions inside the house. Have you heard that kind of a thing before? That's what's happening. The glory that God expects the church to walk in. The Bible says the glory of the latter house. Say the mountain of the Lord will be established on top of the mountain. There's, there's going to be a manifestation of the church in these last days like has never been seen before. Let me tell you the truth. The church is going to build the biggest houses. The church is going to have the richest amount. The richest people in this generation are going to be born again, Holy Ghost filled Christians. The biggest businesses are going to be run by Christians. The, the, they are going to be the most powerful people. The places of government, the Supreme Court, the High Court, the presidency, the vice presidency of the nations are going to be occupied by Christians because the house belongs to God and the Bible says God is exalting the church and putting them in the high places. How can an unbell sitting in a place of authority over a child of God? Those are changing in these last days. But the church has to rise up and stop playing dead and playing dumb-dumb and playing weak. They're going to have to press on. We're going to have to press on. The Bible says we must lay hold for those things for which we have been apprehended. And we do it by faith. We take the word of God and see it until it is formed in our hearts. Until we can see ourselves. So even we are saying see you on top. It's not just say here, see you on top, see you on top. Then six months later I say see you on top, see you. When you go home, you have to see yourself off the television, put off the Facebook, shut it, and begin to see yourself where God says you are. If you can see it, you can receive it. If you can see it, you can receive it. And the reason why people don't receive it, they can't see it. They're looking at the physical, it's not there. They open their eyes, I'm still, oh, I'm still in my sitting room with this broken down chair. No, close your eyes and look into the realm of the spirit. You see angels ministering to you. And soon enough, as you renew your mind, it will begin to happen in the natural. Father, we thank you for your blood, the blood of Jesus by which we have access into the holiest. We draw near by faith, full assurance of faith. We do not stay back and say, you have done it, let it just be. We begin to press on 
We renew our minds. We say if you say we are healed, then we are healed. We refuse sickness and disease. We say if you say we are rich, then we are rich. We, are, we, we take over in the land. We say we are wise because you say you have been made unto us wisdom. There is no dumb-dumb amongst us. You say we are the head and not the tail. So we stand up in our faith and press on to begin to take hold in the place of prayer. This season as we pray, open our eyes to see ideas, to see things that you have prepared for us. That this time of shutdown is not just to sit down and eat bread and drink coke and watch television. But we begin to dream big dreams. Begin to plan big plans. Begin to see things that will be released from our spirit realm into this earth. Thank you, Lord. That our eyes are open to see that we are not limited by the physical reality. But we press on to that which you have already done until it is manifested on the earth. In Jesus' name. We bless the, the, we bless the communion we ask and as we take it, everyone is healed and walking in divine health. We trust that you are blessed by the message. To listen and hear more, catch us at 11.30 on Sunday mornings on YouTube or Facebook at Love Foundation Christian Center. If you have any additional questions or just want to learn more about the church, feel free to contact us at lovefoundcc at gmail.com or visit our website at lovefoundationusa.org. Thanks for listening.